0: welcome back to burning pre-sales podcast where i'm joined on the airwaves again by my good friend don carmichael it was a pleasure to have you last week thank you don for coming back
1: and today you'd like to talk about customer success oh and uh, yes pre-sales servicing customer success and the the challenges that's caused over time and a vision of the future of it which actually fits into if you let li- if you listen to the ep- last episode that i was on is that there's a continuing theme <laughs> <laughs> excellent well t- tell us a little bit about that then don okay so first of all place some history to this is that um uh, it, hopefully most people will recognize that in the kind of SaaS and the consumption world and um, that actually the real money is obviously made after you've made the initial sale and it's all about retention and expansion that's the game and i think there's some amazing figures was it 85 86 percent of salesforce's revenue is recurring revenue so recurring as in every year people or every month people are kind of (laughs) playing you know they're they're paying their whatever it is 180 dollars a month or whatever i don't i don't know whatever (laughs) however much (laughs) salesforce is these days so that's a huge focus but for a long time now, there's been a huge challenge with how customer success work with pre-sales people. And um, I mean, I know lots of companies who've still got this massive challenge. Their customer success people who want to try to drive some expansion and um, or even retention, because you know, if you haven't if you haven't been able to measure what the the delta is, you know, what the baseline um, kind of you know value. Uh, proposition was um, and where you needed it to kind of move to what the outcomes were. If you haven't been able to prove that you've actually be, been able to do that, and um, you know some customers, you know, buyers will come back and say, "Well, hold on a minute, you know, we're paying this amount per month or per year, but we haven't create, you know, you haven't delivered what you said you were going to deliver." So, um, you know, so that's a challenge for customer success people because, of course, they're measured on, you know, retention and expansion you know you don't the point is it costs you so much um uh, you know um customer acquisition costs cost of sale however you measured it to get these customers in the first place in some cases uh, you know these clients customers you need to retain them for let's say three to five years before you've even made a profit so you can kind of see why it's super important that um uh, you know pre-sales you know if if we've been focused as a pre-sales team on before the sale, you know the literal you know meaning of pre-sales and it's all about getting net new customers in there and there's sometimes a huge challenge in working with customer success because maybe you're not even incentivized on that. it's just you know something you do is a favor for them so one one point with this and one argument with this is that 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 has got to change. and um, you know if you look at a traditional um, CRM uh, sales chevron. You know, it goes from uh, kind of left to right, all the different stages. You know, we're now saying, you know, pre-sales people, you now need to go right, which is you need to go beyond the sale. And you need to have, you know, a much stronger um, relationship with customer success because that's where the money is actually being made. You know, ask a chief revenue officer, you know, because they know they know inside out where are we actually making money so so one is that's got to be overcome and sometimes we really don't help ourselves in the way that we measure pre sales you know kpis compensation you know it's almost like well you know we're doing a favor to customer success you know it actually isn't contributing um you know to kind of quota comp so that's a thing to overcome but the second thing is what that led to um, in the past, and then certainly I'm still seeing it in some companies, is, you know, anything that happens in customer success is seen as, you know, it, they're, they're kind of second best. Is that, you know, if we have to put a demo together, you won't put anywhere near the same amount of effort for a net new thing, a uh, customer. You know, it's it's kind of like, well, we kind of do it, but we don't really want to do it. We're not putting a huge amount of energy or investment into it. You know, any demos that have to happen as part of, um, you know, kind of retention or expansion, to be honest, it can be quite lackluster. You know, we've already got these people as a client. Why do we have to put much effort into it? Um, But, uh, you know, customer success people, the same as um, net news salespeople, they know that, um, you know, especially for an expansion, you know, demonstrations and being able to see, you know, what this new functionality is. And, you know, buyers are still in buyer mode, aren't they? They're still buyers, whether it's later on in the cycle, you know, from net new or whether they're an existing client, they're still buying. We shouldn't imagine that they're going to change their behavior in any way and how they go about buying. So So much, um, so much. And what's great then is that you see a lot of people, um,
0: I think the ship right of pre-sales means that there's, no option but to concentrate on the value delivered exactly rather than just the features in the in in the box um and customer success teams that win and i happen to know one very closely (laughs) shout out to my, my my cs brethren um they uh really focus on helping customers with
1: business change and business change happens continually Absolutely. So extending on from the argument or, or you know proposition I made in the previous one about um are we seeing the end of live demos? The um, you know, that tends to also happen in the customer success arena. You know, if you go for an expansion, customer success people like salespeople understand that buyers want to have demos. You know, they um and that's a challenge for us to put the investment in to do that. So Again, this is going to be another world where if you are doing live demos at the moment is that, that this has got to change into kind of video to kind of fit into uh, the how the buyer bought in the first place, but also how, you know, the buyer enablement world, how buyers kind of think they want to self-consume some of this and then probably in a live setting ask questions, you know, perhaps, you know, challenge some of the things they saw in the video um, and, you know, and maybe our skill set in a live setting Goes is more about consulting, more about advising and objection handling, you know, rather than and you know, and our knowledge using our knowledge of case studies, you know, uh, driving value-driven stories. It's more about that than where we put the mouse and where to click and what features and functions there are. All of that is kind of moved into video. And buyers, if that's how it worked as part of the original buying process, will expect it to work that way. They they kind of kind of would wonder why, why are we doing a live demo now? Um, and also, of course, live demos aren't scalable. And if we're measuring pre-sales people in in the wrong way, you know, from a customer success person's perspective, the argument we made before there, you know, we can't afford to put that much effort into it. So, you know, all of these point to the same thing, as if I've made the argument that um, even in high-end enterprise kind of space, we're, we should be moving towards the idea that you need less, if if any live demos, the same in customer success, or even more so, because the drivers that are behind it are even stronger. Well,
0: well I mean, I, I I couldn't agree more, and I'm looking forward to your demo fest session, Don. I mean, I think it's going to be fascinating. I can't. There'll be a lot of chat in um in in response to these ideas. Um, I think we very much welcome it. We're seeing a a lot of change and I think there's some very brave companies that are stepping forwards into this bold new world and there's some that aren't and I think over the next year, not even over the next few years, I think over the next year we will see that make or break processes across across the land so it's an absolutely fascinating area.
1: There's a whole load of things that, that we do and we get involved in that need to be constantly challenged. I mean, you know, maybe at, at some future kind of burning pre-sales thing, we should have a have a go at uh, proof of concepts and proof of value because yes. before you talk to people about those, you, are, you kind of beg the question, why are you doing this? And sometimes the answer is because that's the way that we sell. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Or it's driven by the buyer's perception of risk, which is, well, I think your sounds really risky. I think we're going to need a you know a, some kind of proof of concept here to prove mm. that this is actually going to work for us. Well, you know, in the buyer enablement world, that's a failure because you didn't anticipate that they would perceive risk in that way, and that, yeah. and you should have prepared for that with content, yes. case studies, you know, perhaps references, you know, certainly video content that goes, this isn't a risk. We've done it before. Here's where we've done it. You know, here's some people you can speak to. and And i think it's our um, job to educate the buyers as well because
0: many of them will be doing some of these things because that's apparently how you're meant to do it yeah some will ask for a poc because they've been told that that they should by maybe someone who isn't involved in it and, and doesn't realize the reality of it so um it's definitely our job to
1: help them with these things and so we can yeah like like rfps I class rfps in the same uh, the same as proof of concepts so i i used to absolutely hate doing them and and kind of <laughs> absolutely why are we doing this and is it just because you know it's part of the sales we always have to well wow. I love
0: the amount of questions that come out of this. We will <laughs> have to get you back on, Don. It's always uh, it's always fascinating discussing these topics with you, whether it's on burning pre-sales, whether it's on two pre-sales in a pod or any other places across the internet you can hear and now, if you are watching on Spotify, see us. Um, so thank you for coming on, Don. And we thank look you. forward to inviting you back on very, very soon indeed. Thank
1: you so much for the opportunity, Mark. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Super.
0: Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.